So Rivers guarding Lillard. Lillard in the lane, basket counts foul. Lillard, unbelievable. Uh-oh. Five-point lead, Lillard. He makes another one. Jack Harrison's on Lillard. Lillard, toughest shot of the night. Oh, no. He makes We're tied at 135. And that's it. The Denver Nuggets. It's do or die now, so we got to win both of the next two games if we want to, if we want our season to continue. Similar to he put uh, his heart into 51 minutes and 44 seconds of playing time, 55 points, 10 assists, playoff record for threes in a game, uh, and and you lose. You know, it looked like we we're going to win the game in regulation. Dame hits a big shot. Looks like we have a chance to close it out. Ended the first overtime. They forced the second. Uh, the thing I'm most proud about, though, Mike, is every time they extended the game, we, we never hung our heads. Welcome to a new episode of Sports Speak. Today, Steve joins us to talk all things Nuggets vs Blazers with the Nugs up 3-2. So let's get his thoughts on the series heading into a pivotal Game 6. Welcome, Steve. Let's talk about it. Your Nuggets, a double overtime thriller, winning Game 5 to go up 3-2 as we head into Game 6. So, were you a lifelong Nugs fan, or just after you moved to Denver? Oh, since I can remember, since I was a kid, parents took me to Colorado for holidays to go skiing, and yeah, that's where I got my uh, my love for the Nuggets and anything Colorado. Fun times, but it's yeah, it's been in the last I don't know, probably six to seven years that I've been uh, watching them more regularly. All right, so <laughs> let's talk Game Five. You watched it what yesterday? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. I didn't watch it live. But yeah, no, I watched it at night and then I couldn't sleep for probably, I don't know, all night. Pretty hyped up. Yeah, I don't think I've slept since. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what that's like because I'm I'm a Knicks fan and we've had a terrible playoffs and not particularly, other than game one, nothing particularly thrilling about it. So sitting through a game where you're up 20 at the half. Yeah, we're up 20, up 10 at 10 within five minutes or something and then yeah up 20 and then to see it all go away on the third (laughs) was pretty disappointing uh and then to see dame hidden three after three after three and uh yeah and just just keeping above above water did you know that was was a playoff playoff record for threes yes yeah they they mentioned it a few times fifth highest (laughs) score in the playoffs in history for a single player unbelievable but he lost and <laughs> Mitchell did uh, what fifty seven the year before, and he lost too. So yeah. So you're just getting used to this. Let him go yeah, off. We'll win anyway. Exactly. I think it it's a way to like keep the fans engaged. <laughs> well, he certainly did that. Yeah. So yeah. they're up nine, I think, with only a couple of minutes to go in the first overtime as well, and then Dame yeah. just went bang, bang, bang. Yeah, three in a row. It was it was hard to watch. There was a funny moment when Rivers Dame had missed one finally, and you see him like praying to the uh, to the camera, <laughs> going "Thank you." <laughs> yeah. So, in the moment that you're watching that, as a, I know when you're a fan of a team, it can sometimes be a bit hard to appreciate what you're watching. But were you watching yeah. Dame and going, "Holy crap, this is amazing"? 
yeah, I was, but you were annoyed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like Dame as a player usually, but during this series, he's been an enemy and you're like, <laughs> stop whinging to the ref. What's he doing? <laughs> so are you conf- tomorrow's game six in Portland? Uh, I couldn't say I was confident in what they're going to do, but the Nuggets love being the underdog for a game. And I think they're, they're rated the underdog for this one. So they've got a good chance, I think. Are they in the two or three spot? They were in the three spot, weren't they? They ended up in the three, yep. So Phoenix three. or the Lakers next? <laughs> if we get through, I would say, I think it's a bit of Phoenix. Yeah, so would you like your chances against Phoenix? It's a pretty electric um, backcourt. It is. Yeah, it it just depends on how they, they line up. It, it comes down to game on game, they seem to... You know, Joker's going to be pretty consistent, but then it, he needs one or two others, yeah, to to follow up. And uh, each game, that'll be somebody different. Rivers, a few games ago, had those um, all those three-pointers in a row. Porter had a pretty decent game in that game five. He had 26. But, yeah, 26. And, but, he, but every game, it's somebody different because there there's nobody really other than Joker that's 100% consistent not having Murray, it's pretty much the starting lineup is completely different other than Joker from last year. I want to revisit the trade that you guys made, brought in Aaron Gordon, jettisoned yep. Gary Harris, who forgot how to play for some reason. But with the yeah. matchups you've got, Gary Harris would probably be a bit more of useful, yeah. potentially. And, and so would RJ Hampton. Yeah, he seemed to, at the end of the season, he seemed to be uh, pretty good for Orlando. Both of those players... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Gary wasn't hadn't been playing too well, so I could see why they made the trade. Uh, and Gordon brought a lot to the team, as in the team seemed to believe once he got there that uh, that they were willing to invest in them. So yeah, it didn't help that Murray went down, but that they still still kept winning, and just showed you that the team started believing once they got that. Once they got Gordon, I think they're they're the the type of team that they seem to Joker just seems to be able to find a way like he you know this series they haven't been double teaming him but then he's been getting Nurkic into foul trouble as soon as he's in foul trouble yeah, it's canter know. and then it's then it's money yeah. time yeah exactly and then they start double teaming once Nurkic is off the court and then Joker can just pass the ball to anybody there's a bit of fun so. with that uh, Nurkic and Joker matchup given they chose Joker over over yeah. Nurk yeah, originally Joker gave up his spot to Nurk mm. to, and said, nah, play him. Uh, I'll sit on the bench and take one for the team. And uh, yeah, and then they invested in, in him rather than Nurk. Could be so. the best second round pick of all time, the Joker. Uh, who's impressed you or let you down in the Nugs in this playoff run so far? Who do, you, um, who do you have faith in when you watch them jack up a shot? Who's the guy that you go, oh, and who's the guy that you're like, oh, yeah, I like that? <laughs> Porter. Oh, if if they get Porter in the right position and he's open, yeah, then I pretty much believe in that he can hit the shot. Faku, I reckon Faku's good with the ball in his hand, and he yeah he pulls off some awesome passes. And then letdowns is probably Green, Jermichael Green. He started playing well like mid-season, and then he fell off again. But yeah, he's he's probably been the disappointment. I. Th- I think he can play much better than what he is. I want to ask you, you've been a team leader, a leader of people, a leader of men and women, Steve. 
Mike Malone called out the team after game four. Did you like it? Or does it make you cringe a bit? He did it earlier in the season too. He called them soft. Yeah. No, I I think it was needed. It was a soft game. Yeah, game four was was painful. I mean, they gave, they had to give up. Well, they didn't have to give up, but they were down by more than 20. And they just put the the end of the bench on. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty soft. So you like it. You're all you're all about like that it. tough and life. I think, and I think people like Mike MPJ, he he actually responds to that kind of uh, yeah criticism. Um, and then he was like, "No, I'm going to step up this game. I'm going to step up this next game." And he did. So it obviously works. So give me a gambler's odds. Game six, do the Nuggets win? Do they? How much are you? How much are you banking on? Are you scared? Am I scared? No, I'm not scared. No, I am scared actually. No, I'm I'm happy that we've got two games to win one. Right. <laughs> you lose in um, Portland and still win at home. Yep. I think they can uh they can come close. They seem to when they're backed into a corner and maybe they're not backed into the corner because they got that extra game, but when they're the underdogs they seem to come through. Now let's devil's advocate it. Let's say you knock out the Blazers, you move on. Next yep. up Phoenix or the Lakers. More confident yes. of one or the other? Uh, I think the team is almost getting McGee has almost set itself up to play the Lakers. So yeah, they're, they're probably, and if Davis is going to be injured, I think they're probably more set up to play Lakers. There'd probably be more question marks around Phoenix, but we've lost so many guards that uh, we're probably not going to play the same type of game as Phoenix. Yeah, we've got Marcus Howard, who's, you know, he's he's actually had a couple of decent games now, but most of the time he throws up airs. <laughs> yeah, probably weren't expecting yeah. to run Marcus Howard out in the playoffs. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, we could probably, if we get the Phoenix, if we get Phoenix, we could probably have done with Harrison, RJ. <laughs> it looks like, well, Dallas have gone up 3-2 on the Clippers somehow as yes. well, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Imagine if uh, no LA teams in the second round. That's what I was going to say. This opens up the bracket massively. Yeah. I mean, imagine Jazz and the Mavericks. You wouldn't be scared of either of those teams, would you? Jazz are playing pretty well. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we've had a good record against the Jazz in in the last couple of seasons. So And they'll remember last year. Yeah, but Murray's not going to be on the court, which is going to be the problem. That hurts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the Clippers not uh you know they they kind of lost those last two games so that they could move down to the fourth i so know they didn't, Karma. didn't have to verse verse the lakers and the clippers kind of made oh, that apparent mate. clear and, yeah and then they go out against dallas in the first round that's uh i think that's pretty good it would be poetic justice <laughs> yes that's nugs talk all right all see right. you see you in the finals all right see ya <laughs> see you buddy bye <laughs> And we welcome back Jono to the pod. We are here to discuss our AFL Round 12 preview and predict all the results of the upcoming round. Here we go. Hey, Jono. So let's start with the Friday night blockbuster. According to us, the two best teams in it at the moment. Demons um, and Lions, it'll probably be in Sydney. Who have you got? Territory. I think I'll, I actually think I'll go with the Demons here. I think that... At this stage of the season, a better defense is is more conducive to getting the four points and Tom McDonald reborn. 
I like I like them in this game. I think Brisbane haven't played a defense this good. Number one, number one defense in the league. I also have the D's. I didn't pick them last week against the Dogs, but I, I just feel like that form stands up. The defense has been impenetrable, other than one game where I think they would. You could argue that they weren't as up for it as they have been for others in a loss they needed to have. The lines of one seven yeah. in a row, maybe they're at that point of about to drop one. They've been up for a long period. So Saturday afternoon, Saints and the Swans. Well, I will not be putting this on the must-watch list, even though I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I do get the two New South Wales games every week. No morbid um, curiosity for the Saints. Oh, you know, I'm not really much of an ambulance chaser, so it'll be interesting to review at a later date rather than maybe watching live. But we'll see where we're at. Who am I tipping? <laughs> Swans. Yep, Swans for me too. Yeah. Can't trust St Kilda. Uh, no. Adelaide and Collingwood, Saturday afternoon. Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide for me Next. too. Can't pick Collingwood. <laughs> Essendon and Richmond, Optus Stadium in WA. Oh, dream time. time. Do you reckon they'll I... get a... Well, before we pick, do you reckon they'll get a big crowd? I do. Yeah. Look, what an exciting to... game for the Perth people to see, I reckon. Every game, I've been about three games in Perth and there was always like a lot of people like me <laughs> so just like i'll turn up and watch it because i'm in perth let, let alone the fact that you know there's limited accessibility to football games at the minute so yeah that game's a belter so there'll be a big crowd i reckon all right so who you got essendon oh big call i will go the tigers i think they're they need the win they're back in form they look really good in the finish against the crows tigers for me yeah. the big one carlton and the eagles <laughs> this is the most important game of the week um, and probably of the season so far in a lot of ways. I am tipping not Carlton. It's testing my belief in them. I oh, See, it's so hard because I believe in the Eagles to a degree and I believe in the Blues to a degree. The Eagles have dropped two in a row and I reckon they're just, they've got to turn up, don't they? Yeah, I think that's the only reason why I'm tipping them is because they know that their margin for error is gone. But by the same token, if Carlton don't win, they're done. Season yeah. over. Oh. Eagles. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a hard... Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch that game 100%. I'm excited to see which way it swings anyway because I think it should be a close game. Got some buyers next round too, so there'll be a few teams off. But the final game of the round, Frio and the Bulldogs over in Perth. Yeah, I... Look, as much as I like a frisky Frio, I think the Dogs will bounce back. Yeah, I agree. Dogs should win that. If they're as fair income as we think, they should be able to knock over the, the Dockers. But challenging week for the Doggies. So if they get up and win, that's a that's a big tick for me. That's a big tick for them. Definitely. If they don't win, I'm not too concerned either. And in good news for football fans everywhere, the Cats, the Hawks and the Kangaroos are all on a bye. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Isn't that like a breath of fresh air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Sports Speak. To follow us on Instagram, you can follow the pod on sports underscore speak underscore podcast. And obviously subscribe for more episodes coming. Thank you so much.